1: Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve Jones will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf.
0: Yes, sir. Great to be with you today. Neil Kulong on the show today, as a matter of fact. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Uh, we don't usually talk about NASCAR here. But I do want to talk just for a bit about what happened at Talladega. And I'm talking about the show of unity. I'm not, you know, we all know what caused a show of unity. The noose in the garage of Bubba Wallace. But um, I didn't see it live because I think it was on during the show, right?
1: It was, yeah. They had a 3 o'clock start yesterday because of the yeah. uh, the rain the rain out from Sunday.
0: So obviously, I thought they were going to be running it at night. Um, And when you saw every member out there walk around with him, and of course, this is Richard Petty's car, so the king showed up, too, at the age of 82. And, you know, we're going to get into this a little bit later with Bob Pocrass as well about what happened at Talladega. We've been, we've been, the conversation has been about the reality of racism for the past month. I think that's fair to say, right? But what it has done is obviously exposed important issues that need to be talked about. But what yesterday did was, I think it showed you there's another reality out there. And the reality out there is that you have a lot of really good people that support one another regardless of circumstances and that is also a reality that I think cannot be left out of the conversation yes it's important to talk about race yes it's important to keep progress going Yes, it's important to make sure that love is part of the, of, the, uh, of the solution. Yes, it's important to realize that there are the ignorant out there that can't control themselves and need, a, need an absolute attitude adjustment. But there are also a lot, in fact, many, many, many more people that are just really good people that just support everybody, and you saw that in the track yesterday. I thought that was really important to see. Uh, I give I give them credit for doing it. Um, whose idea it was, I don't know, but I thought that was uh, that was an important moment. Uh, because they all came together, and they all did. Now, whomever put the thing in the garage, I'm like, what the heck? You see, you see stuff like that, and you, you say to yourself, I mean, are we in romper room here? What's going on? Well, you know what? Sometimes we're naive about such things. It can't be. can't be anymore. can't be. So I want to at least start there. Now to baseball. <laughs> um, all right. The Phillies now have 12 positives. Matt's concerned.
1: I mean, this time was expected, but I mean, overall, the, the whole overall landscape is just not great to see at this point.
0: Okay. Yes and no. All right. You have to take a deep dive into this. All right, you really do. You've got to take a deep dive into it. So let's take a deep dive into it for a second. What is the current positive rate in the country? Now, we've had about 25 million tests, give or take. Okay. So what's the current positive rate in the country? 5.3%. That is the current positive rate in the country, 5.3%. Okay. So I mentioned the NHL the other day. They had over 200 tested. And 11 came back positive, including Austin Maloney. Or Austin Matthews, I'm sorry. Austin Matthews of the, uh, I was just reading something from Frank Maloney. Uh, Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But they're all asymptomatic. So let's round down to 200 because it's just easier to make the numbers work. Okay? So we're rounding down to 200. You have 11 positives. What's the percentage? Oh, 5.5%. Now it's a little bit lower than that because there was actually over 200 tested, but for round numbers, we're going to use that purpose. Well, the national average is 5.3%. Oh. Okay. So you're going to expect that there's going to be some positives. How did the Phillies end up with positives? There was one player in the Blue Jays' camp, a former Philly, I might add, that tested positive and was mildly symptomatic who was in contact with the Phillies. Because the two training camps are two and a, 2.4 miles apart. There was one with mild symptoms in the Astros camp, one. So they shut that down. And there was an employee and the wife of an employee that both had mild symptoms around the Giants camp but were never around any players, but they shut that one down. Then they decided to scrub everything. And they didn't have all the protocols in place. At 5.3%, and with testing and testing and testing, you're going to get some positives. Novak Djokovic tested positive, asymptomatic, but he tested positive. Okay. But this is going to happen. Now, you know what 5.3% means, right? It means 94.7%, that's a big percentage, by the way, are negative, That's why I don't panic about this stuff. Oh, it's a bad day. It's a lot of players. Hey, whoa, okay. They're not even going to be going to camp for a couple weeks. Better they test positive now than later. Season doesn't even start for a month. July 24th. Once they, they the players are voting this afternoon on this. The players vote is at 5 o'clock today you see where I'm going, Matt. Where I'm going is this. Nobody in the Phillies camp was sitting there saying, geez, I don't feel great. I need testing. And 12 of them, you know, 32 people said, oh, I don't feel great. I need to be tested. They were just tested. They all felt fine. And I think that one of the reasons they all got tested is because they were around the Blue Jays player who they found out wasn't quite right. Okay. So that's what you You have to worry about, especially the symptomatic ones that don't feel right, above all.
1: Why would you bring up is fair, Steve? I I will say, just based on my observation of people around baseball and baseball fans, once we know some of the parameters of that health and safety agreement, that they come to today hopefully we'll find out today then i think people might start to be at ease once they know what the players are going to be up against and what they're going to need to do to stay safe so they can try to stop spreading this virus to each other
0: absolutely which is fine but because they didn't have that in place they had some facility protocol but nothing you know extensive like that now the nhl did have more extensive ones because they're in that, they're in phase two right now. So the, the players, I believe the players, in fact, all 12 of the ones with the Phillies, the quarantine for them is seven days, Matt. They're not 14, they're seven. So whenever you hear it's seven and not 14, that means they're asymptomatic.
1: And both Jim Salisbury and Scott Lauber both said... One of the players, one of the two that came in today that were reported today that were part of the positives just uh, was not at uh, Clearwater.
0: Okay. And that happens. But I keep going back to, you know, we're always hearing uh, four more cases, two more cases or if it's Arizona or Texas or Florida, which have had many more, obviously, of late, more cases. Well, what's happened is this. We've had a lot of testing. It's just a cross-section. Sports is a cross-section like anything else. If you're getting approximately 5 to 6%, and right now the national average is 5.3%, well, doesn't it stand the reason that there's a good chance that five to six percent of the people that you're testing over and over again are going to test positive for something where the national average is five to six percent. It just comes to reason. To me, the big part is whether it's asymptomatic, because you feel fine. You feel fine, and there is a and, and believe me, there is a dispute as to whether asymptomatic and pass it on or not. There actually is a dispute over it. I don't have the answer to it. I'm a sportscaster. I'm not an epidemiologist. (laughs) I'm lucky I can pronounce epidemiologist. (laughs) I've had to. I've been forced to. But uh, as we've talked about in everything, how many times have you heard me mention over the years, sports is a cross section of life? How many times have I said that in all the years I've done this show? several times during the course of the year. I'll mention sports is a cross-section of life. Well, this is this is obviously an absolute case of it, where you can just see it is a cross-section. The key is, as Matt said, and Matt said it correctly, you know, you know how do you react to it? What are the protocols? And Matt's right about that. It's how you put all the protocols in, in place to keep the number as low as possible. Okay, and then you go from there. And you know there're going to be temperature checks, and you know, there's going to be testing, and you're going to have some people that are not going to come back either. You'll have people that won't come back. Now, for example, let's take Trevor Ariza of the. Portland Trailblazers I completely understand why he's not coming back he's involved right now in a bitter custody fight and his month to be with his son was scheduled for the off season well guess what Uh, he's 34 years old yeah is he going to lose some cash Uh, he'll lose some but he he decided hey look I'm not going to give up the month with my son especially in a bitter custody battle I don't blame him for not coming back that's a that's a big-picture, life-changing decision that he has to make. It's an important one. I know we have Bob Pockress from Fox coming on today. And Andrew Brant's on today. Now, do we have to take a break now to get to Andrew earlier? Is that what we yes. have to do? Yes,
1: yeah, we're going to try to start Andrew at 3.30 because he has to leave early. So, yeah, we'll have to break now.
0: And that'll be on the business of sports in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. All right, uh, we have a limited window here with Andrew Brant, Monday morning quarterback business. Great to have you with us, Andrew. Thanks so much for your time; it's always valuable. I know that. Thank you. We hope you and yours yeah, are good. safe and sound.
2: Yeah, thanks so much. Good to be with you guys.
0: Okay, so uh, let's get to this. Uh, Obviously, uh, we were just talking about health priorities uh, and how Major League Baseball has to settle on that because their training camp facilities, the, the health protocols were actually pretty loose. How important is that going to be just in the confidence of people, not just playing it but watching it?
2: Well, we're already seeing it. I mean, players aren't even gathered yet, and we're seeing positive tests right and left, and we're seeing it with workouts. We're seeing it all over the board. So we've got a problem. And if I'm you know, putting on my hat and running the Packers for 10 years, you've got a lot of logistics that you've got to manage here. Maybe the most important person in all these organizations and leagues is this CIO now, sort of the chief inspections officer. They've got to get a handle on this. I mean, football people are not skilled at this at all. You've got to bring in experts. You've got to get control of this because you know they are going to be positives. And in March, we shut down sports with one positive test. And now we have hundreds of positive tests, and we're starting up sports. And there's no vaccine, and there's no cure. So this is really an, uh, an interesting time in the world because, as I've been writing and saying and tweeting About that, we wouldn't play sports. We just wouldn't. But it's not about that. It's partly about that. And that's why we're having these hundred page protocols. But it's really about not disrupting a billion dollars, billions of dollars in business in the world. So that's really the priority here. And we're just trying to mitigate the risk best we can.
0: Which means it comes down to obviously TV contracts, you know, TV more than anything else, but media contracts. What kind of driver are media contracts in some of the decisions that we're about to see and how they're made?
2: Well, in the NFL, it's the primary driver of revenues is national media. And that's so important because if they lose out on game day, like baseball is going to, baseball losing out on game day ticket sales and merchandise and, and uh, parking concessions, that's about 40% of baseball. Right. That's a big cut for baseball. Now, NFL is much better off because the media contracts dwarf the game day revenues. The media is about 20% in the NFL compared to 40% in baseball. But if there are no fans, you know, that's, if you're talking about a $15 billion business, you lose 20%. That's $3 billion. Now, maybe you make it back with some kind of make-goods from TV, assuming the ratings are going to be off the charts. But all these leagues are getting ready for new base, new media contracts, and baseball just did one.
0: Exactly, because the NFL took care of its CBA before all of this happened, and they've done, for with the exception of obviously minicamps or OTAs, they've been able to go about business as usual. Do they? Does the NFL still give you the idea they're full steam ahead, or might they sacrifice a preseason game or two because of protocols?
2: Well, I think that's a that's a really light sacrifice if they do.
0: Right. No, Uh, I understand. Go
2: ahead.
0: No, no, I understand. I understand. Go ahead, Andrew.
2: Yeah, I was just saying that. They're absolutely, everything they've been is full speed ahead with the CBA as you mentioned, signed with the virtual draft, with free agency on time, with the schedule release, with no major alterations really put into it. So they're full speed ahead. The question becomes, they can do that because they have the luxury of time but, you know, everything's negotiable. If they have to do something different uh, in a month, they will, but you know, they'll sacrifice preseason. They'll sacrifice whatever they can to not sacrifice those 18-game weekends.
0: And they've already, for example, no international games. But, again, they didn't sacrifice yeah. the game. They just sacrificed the location.
2: Well, like you said, they'll keep, they'll keep nibbling around the edges of the things that don't matter <laughs> to try to avoid getting into the things that do matter.
0: Okay, so what if they do hit a rut? Uh, Have they talked about how they're going to handle a rut, a stoppage, how they're going to handle payment to players? Have they discussed any of that?
2: I mean, I think there are internal discussions. What I've been talking about is what you're seeing in baseball, I think, has to happen in football. Because baseball is anticipating a huge dip in revenues, which we know they're going to have because they basically have said no fans. That's right. Now, the NFL has, not, has certainly not said no fans. The NFL is like, yeah, we're going to have fans. But we don't know that to be the case. We don't know if they'll have zero fans, 20,000 fans. And what that means is the way the NFL cap is calculated, it looked back looks back on previous year revenue. So I'm anticipating a real diminution of cap for 2021. And for the players, they need to get ahead of that and get to the league in 2020 to figure out what it's going to look like. Because they don't want a cap that goes down. Nobody wants that. right? And that could happen without dealing with it at first.
0: In baseball, if they wanted to get quick cash, I mean after this season, and I don't mean right away, but within the next two, three years, a quick cash avenue is what the NHL has done with Vegas and Seattle. A five hundred million dollar expansion fee, six hundred fifty million for Seattle. Baseball could yeah. probably command a billion a piece from a new franchise, just as a quick cash to make up time. You and I both know it would dilute the product. The NFL's not in that mode. They already have thirty two teams right now. Is the seventeenth game the way to get that cash influx because their new T V contracts coming up?
2: Sure. I mean, that's something TV wanted. Obviously, they wouldn't be doing it without TV's blessing. Uh, And there's your revenue source. And I was very vocal that I didn't think the players got enough in this brand-new spanking CBA for giving away that major inventory. They get some incremental gains with minimum salaries and extra practice squad and a couple roster spots. But, no, they didn't get enough. It's a major give from the union to give that 17th game. You're right. There's no expansion on the horizon. They just got relocation fees from the Chargers, Raiders, and Rams, so they're good. And now they're looking for other ways. You mentioned gambling, but, of course, the 17th game is huge.
0: You and I both know they won 18, but 17 is an odd number. There's no sport that I can think of off the top of my head that plays an odd number this would be the only time that somebody would play an odd number, which then, of course, would lead them to say, hey, we ought to have 18. And you and I both know that's what they actually want.
2: Yes, and that's coming in the next CBA. Every negotiation about the next negotiation. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why I, I hated that players giving that away because yeah. they'll never go back to 16. You know, we'll remember 2020 in 50 years, as the last, as the year they went from 16 to 17, and by then they'll be at 20 games. But that's where we are. I mean, they gave it away, and it's never going back. You know, everyone wants more inventory. But yeah, I mean, no, the the least of their concerns is figuring out an unbalanced schedule of nine games home, eight games away. Maybe it's an international game. Whatever, they'll they'll figure that out.
0: Yeah, they'll figure that out, and then, and they've also expanded the playoff, and there's more money there.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was kind of another another get that the NFL owners got without much of a fight. Uh, but, you know, that's why they, they are the shrewd businessmen they are.
0: I know we only had you for a limited time. We appreciate the time you gave us, even though there are many, many more questions to go through. And I appreciate your time and your work very much, Andrew.
2: Thanks so much. Really appreciate that.
0: Andrew Brandt, uh, Monday Morning Quarterback with uh, Sports Illustrated. Great to have him with us. Uh, A lot in there. Talked a lot about the NFL in there, which was important. But these are businesses. This is where, for example, um, and I say this with all seriousness because this is actually a true statement. This is at times where like when I'm talking to the suit he's always um and and a lot of people feel this way so please i'm not this is not a put down of him in any way shape or form zero cuz a lot of people feel this way there's a he romanticizes sports you know, because it's fun. It's meant to be entertaining. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to get into, you know, Chase Utley's batting average and to get into how many touchdown passes Dwayne Haskins could throw this year and things like that. We, You know, you talk about the game where he gets uh, off-kilter, and this happened all those because we started having Tony Knopp on the show right away we get into the business of sports and we'd be talking about the dollars and the cents and the, and the sponsorships and the corporate partners and things like that. And he's like, oh, and his head would spin from the whole thing because of the corporate side of it. And I completely understand that. The late Chief Justice Earl Warren said that when he picked up the Washington Post in the morning, he immediately went to the sports page. And the reason that Earl Warren went to the sports page is that he said he wanted to read about man's accomplishments instead of the front page where you're reading about man's problems. Well, over time, those problems have made their way to the front of the sports page. Never more so than now, obviously. Obviously. Now, the health protocols are one thing that must be negotiated. It's so important. You've got to be able to give your athletes, your managers, your coaches, your staff, the best possible chance to negotiate a very difficult time. Critical And that's where the balancing act comes in. Because in order to keep your sport, the business, alive, you have to play. That doesn't mean you have to, but it's preferred that you play. How about that? Because the door is then open to entertainment, interest, that is not just for 2020 but big picture for 23 26 29 whatever it may be that doesn't mean you risk all to do it and yes there are positive tests but you know i don't i i don't know what any of you expected out there i don't i don't did you expect that sports would come back and there would be none Sports is a cry that they may be younger and healthier. Well, Matt's younger and healthier than some of them are. Uh, there are a few I have my doubts. But I can guarantee you all of them are younger <laughs> and healthier than I am. How about that? I can guarantee you that. But that doesn't mean they're immune to it. We all know that this has been a brutal virus. But what is... There's... Any segment that gets hit harder than any other segment is tragic. Any loss is tragic. In this case, the segment of the population that has been hit harder than any of them, unfortunately, has been our beautiful, wonderful, wise elder population... 55% 55% of the deaths in this country have been in nursing homes. That is, that's staggering to think of that. Meanwhile, even though, yes, some young people do get it, some young people do get hospitalized, some people, some young people do get tough symptoms, and some young people, unfortunately, have passed away. But the percentage of that population that really does get sick let's just take under the age of forty. Let's just go there. Hey, that, that percentage of the people that are under forty that really get sick. They may not need to be hospitalized, but they really get sick. And then you add in the people that are hospitalized and so forth, and those then that, that can't can't fight it off. That percentage is very small. So I'm saying this to make Matt feel better.
1: I appreciate that.
0: But it's also a fact. I know Dr. Fauci did talk today before the House committee and in there he said the next two weeks will be uh critical the slowing surges around the United States. Okay. And there have been surges, no doubt. There have been surges. Then again, as I pointed out, because there is more testing, actually, we talk about the number of positive tests, right? X amount of more positive tests in terms of actual numbers. But you know what actually has gone up? you know what number's actually gone up? It's the number of negative tests. Yes, the number of positive tests has gone up, but the number of negative tests has gone up. And the number of negative tests, the number, the percentage of negative tests is 94.7%. That percentage has gone up. At one point, it was 92%. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be the sunshine guy here I'm not I'm trying to take actual numbers and when you hear any positive test that's not good news but when you see for example the Blue Jays shut down camp one player had a positive test when that player turned out was hanging around with the Phillies guys that's where it happened except two of them weren't at Clearwater right
1: uh, just one of them one of the two today was not a clear water.
0: one of the two today was not a clear water, All right? and Florida is more open than than most states right now so I'm not I'm not, again, I'm not trying to do the sunshine thing, but if if I wanted to sit there and do a fully negative show, oh, my God, one here, one, that's yo, hey, whoa, slow down. Let's have some perspective here for a moment. I'm trying to lend perspective to what is going on. I wish that we didn't have 5.3%. I wish the number was 0.3%. If that, I don't want anybody getting sick. But the number, the percentage, has been going down. I looked. I've checked. I was checking graphs this afternoon from looking at graphs from April 1st to now. In the about the first week of of May was when the peak was in the percentage. Because you know what happens is more people, and these people are all mandated to get tested anyway. All athletes are going to be mandated to get tested. Every Penn State football player, every Penn State basketball player yesterday when they came here all got tested. They all got tested yesterday. Had to. And hopefully everything worked out well. I mean, again, I mean... Oh, by the way, guess who I saw today? And I'm going to try and get him... And he he's the one that suggested hey i'd love to come on the show sean spencer okay saw him today at sheets went in there he goes sudden i hear hey big dog i'm going whoa <laughs> i says i said what are you doing here he says no i'm here till july i said really he says hey i'd love to come on your show i said i'd love to have you on my show yeah
1: let's do it let's make it happen
0: it was his idea. it was his suggestion
1: that's awesome
0: his idea all right the the wild dog himself <laughs> how about that pretty good you know that's it be fun to talk to him about the transition to the giants yeah but I saw him today John Scott will do a fine job here but let's face it, Sean Spencer did a, really did a great job here. Really great job. So, yeah. So there you go. There's one for you moving forward. So we're going to take a break. And hey, we thank Andrew Brand for being on the show today. That was great. And we're going to uh, talk with Bob Pocrass from Fox NASCAR on Bubba Wallace in the next hour. Great to have you with us today here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. All right, now for the eyebrow raising quote of the week. Nick Wadney, of course, after going to uh, the RBC Heritage, He tested negative. And then he noticed his respiratory rate on his whoop band. I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is?
1: Um, No, and I don't know if I want to know what that is.
0: Well, I don't know if it's like like an Apple Watch or whatever. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, Your Fitbit. How about that? Okay. Sounds like it might be something like that.
1: That sounds better.
0: Showed his respiratory rate. It's called a whoop band. Um, wasn't quite right, so he got retested. And then they found out he was positive. So they asked Sergio Garcia about it. They asked all the players about it. Garcia said, unfortunately, it had to happen to him. There's a lot of other people out there that probably deserved it a lot more than him, and he's the one that got it. They he said some nice things. Nick is unbelievable. He's a good friend, and so forth. Well, now, this this is what happened. Amanda Rose... Uh, exactly who deserves to get it. <laughs> Golf Digest. Garcia did not, unfortunately, elaborate further as to which PGA Tour player deserves COVID-19 more than Watney. Uh, Garrett Johnson. What players does Sergio have this level of beef with? <laughs> hey, people are wondering, what did you mean by that? There, there's a lot of other people that probably deserved it a lot more than him. <laughs> So now you've got other people asking, including on the tour, who does he mean? (laughs) That's it. Sergio.